This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, a Dade Brigade podcast and your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. I am Matthew Bunch. Uh, I apologize. My audio quality may not be quite as good as normal. Uh, regrettably, I, I need to inform uh, uh, everyone that my mic has left us for the USL. Um, so, uh, you know, as a podcast... We operate in an environment where microphones are free to take their business elsewhere, and so I respect that. Um, anyway, uh, let's continue on with the show and meet my fellow co-host, uh, the regular voice here on Magic City Soccer, Drew Hausman. How you doing, Drew? Doing all right. Uh, one, one more game left. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, huh? Um, yeah, things uh, really took a turn south in the last couple weeks. And uh, we are coming on, it really feels like we're coming on this podcast uh, as though we are in the spring season. Um, this That game against New York uh, Cosmos last weekend had a very spring season Miami FC feel to it. Uh, Miami FC were out of it pretty much from the word go, uh, literally from the word go. Um, it was a 4-0 loss and it, they deserved every single bit of losing 4-0. Yeah, uh, it just goes to show why the Cosmos kind of consistently have been and are the best team in this league. You know, they they haven't lost at home. I believe that was their 19th straight uh, game where they either drew or won at home, and uh, just took them took them two minutes to uh, show us what's up. Yeah, and the thing that's really uh, the kicker to me uh, regarding that is. Not only do you give up this early goal where, you know, you basically, you can't even figure it out if the match has started yet. If you're, you know, following along at home, you maybe you've got a, a web stream and you're following on social media. You can't figure out why people are responding the way they are because the goal comes in the second minute from Arietta. Uh, not only that, but then the second goal comes five minutes later. Within seven minutes, you're down 2-0. And uh, regrettably, that was the game. I mean, that was it, you know, like Miami FC were already hoping against hope to get a draw out of this game. And if they were going to, they needed to be on the front foot from the beginning, not chasing. And then you're down 2-0 against a team who literally don't lose at home. Uh, that's it. I mean, it's just, it, we, we come on a lot, we break down and we analyze, and but there's not much to analyze from this. The team was not prepared or ready. To, to defend, uh, the Cosmos are exceptionally good, uh, and they're exceptionally good at home, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of strange when I, when I first saw the roster. I was thinking uh, to myself that based off how it looked, it was either going to be like a, a one nothing or 2 nothing game or it was going to be like 4-4. Um, Poku was out on suspension. Mike LaHood still hurt. Um, it, I mean, in on paper, prior to the game, it looked like they were they were going to have some attacking strength. They had uh, Chavez up front with uh, 
Dario and Ranella, so it's you know it seemed like we had the players' position to where we were looking for goals. But as soon as that 90 seconds uh, went by, or uh, minute 20, whenever it was scored, uh, that that quickly changed the game. And then uh, add insult to literal injury, uh, <laughs> we had to put Rent Bernstein in in the in the 15th minute, uh, who then ended up himself getting injured and subbed out later. And I think uh, Palacios also uh, wound up having to be take out, taken out. It looked like he got knocked up. So uh, um, it's kind of going to be an interesting interesting lineup against Edmonton. But, yeah, it, it, what, what we put out on the field, it looked like we would have attacked and could have been an interesting game, but uh, they, Cosmos just shut it down too quickly. Yeah, I mean... The best made plans wind up in tatters on the floor, and when you give up a goal in the second minute, I mean it's um, you know it's really astounding, and, and you know there have been you know there has been dissatisfaction or, or consternation with the team over the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so, and some of it has been directed, I would say, rightfully so, at the the, the technical staff and the manager. Um, However, I mean, and I, this is this game was a failure on their part. It was a failure on the players' part. It was a failure of bad luck. It was everything. You don't lose four nil and one thing goes wrong. You lose four nil because everything goes wrong, and you don't lose four nil in a game you absolutely have to have, unless everything goes wrong. And 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 it was just calamitous. There was no real point in the game because again, you're starting from minute two in the hole. There was no point in the game for the remainder of the 88 minutes plus extra time where you thought, okay, well, here we go. Here's a path back. Here's, you know, there were there opportunities, sure, but it just, it never, it, and again, some of it has to do with planning. Some of it has to do with execution, and some of it has to do with bad luck and injuries and substitutions and all that stuff. But, I mean, it just was an out-and-out failure, and that's something we have not seen from this team almost all fall season long. Just a game where it was an out-and-out out failure. I think maybe that home Puerto Rico game, uh, that was a game that was really just blown. But even then, I think we still got a point out of it, if I recall. Or did we lose? Uh, no, we, we lost that game, I think. Yes, we did lose that game. Where it's like, how do you let that happen? Now, this is obviously a whole different set of circumstances. But just a, cal- a calamity. It's the only way to describe it. It's the only word that comes to mind. It's calamitous. Yeah, and... Different circumstances and d- different opponent too. Uh, one of the, one of the other things that I kind of uh, was was getting wishful for uh, when the rosters were first announced was that the Cosmos weren't starting uh, Jimmy Maurer instead started Brian Holt. So <laughs> early hmm. early on there was hope, but it was very quickly shattered. And the uh, I, I went to the watch party and uh, it quickly got sour. Yeah, I was kind of following along. I I, I had a shift at work. Um, but I was following along, and it was uh, not fun to be in the Dade Brigade chat uh, for that one because, again, it just was sour. For There's really no better way to describe it than just real sour. Um, yeah, and that's the season. Uh, you know, <laughs> for, for lack of a better way to describe it, you know, it was um, – that was the game that put the nail in the coffin – of Miami FC's playoff possibilities. They are officially eliminated from the NASL playoffs. Uh, Their first season will come and go. Um, They will miss the playoffs. 
uh, you know, considering where the team was in, let's say, beginning of June and where the team is now, it is a marked improvement. However, where the team was, let's say, a month ago and where the team is now, you would have to say it's maybe a bit of a disappointment. I don't know. What, what do you take away based off of, I mean, again, you hate to base it off of one game where you lose 4 nil. But what do you take away from this game overall, Drew, in, in your view of the season? Um, yeah, it, it just kind of shows what a slump we've the the team has been in recently. Um, I, I think it was just kind of that that one really hot streak where everything sort of clicked, and we thought uh, they were invincible for for some time, and just towards the end, we we really slumped. Um, Although, you know, we, we didn't get in the playoffs, uh, I will defend that we are an expansion team, and, and uh, that's, that's always tough to do. Uh, if you look at the fall standings, though, I'm, I think we've ended up in fifth place out of 12 teams, uh, which will not be the case next year, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah. um, not, you know, not a terrible position to be in in the, in the top half, so there's some positives there. Um, unfortunately, because of the spring season, if you look at the combined, it's, it's not so, not so great, but, um, 21's game, ah, sorry, 21 games played and 30 points in the, the fall season so far, so, um, there is one game left, but as you said, we've been eliminated, uh, Edmonton is secure in the third place position, I believe, so, um, yes. It, it should be a fun game. I mean, against Edmonton, play friendly, pre-Halloween, Poku bobblehead, <laughs> trick-or-treating, wear a costume. There are definitely a lot of reasons to come out uh, to see the game, uh, the the game against FC Edmonton. Um, but it is, it, you know, because of the nature of our weird, weird, weird season, it's hard to know what team this really is. Is this the team that went on that run? Is this the spring season team? Because you would say, well, of course they're not the spring season team. Over the last two weeks, they looked a hell of a lot like the spring season team. Yeah. You know what I mean? They looked a hell of a lot like that. So I I don't want to be doom and gloom guy. Just like... I don't necessarily want us to be like, you know, when things are going great, oh, there's no way it can break bad. You know, we obviously learned that lesson too. But it's a really weird feeling to be at the end of this road now, the end of this first season. And if someone were to ask me, hey, what do you think of the team? I got no damn clue. I don't know. I simply don't know. And I don't know, you know, we again, to have... Sitting here a month ago saying, hey, man, these new acquisitions, the things are really gelling, that's great. That that made a lot of sense. The last two weeks doesn't make any sense to me based on that. So was it a mirage? I, I mean, our schedule wasn't easy in that stretch. We had some hard games against stiff competition and did pretty damn well. So I don't know. That's the thing to me. The thing that's most frustrating about all of this is I can't look back and say exactly what this team is. I don't know. Yeah, and there wasn't a specific like injury or anything that that kind of demolished us. I, I think one of the big factors, though, that's that's impacted the team has been uh, as of lately has been uh, Mike LaHood out. I think they're really missing him in the in the midfield. Um, I I'm not gonna say that's to blame for everything, but I think that definitely uh, took took away. 
a lot from from Miami FC going forward. Uh, you know what? I think Drew, Drew, that's a really good observation. I think that uh, Lahoud kind of has a uh, talismanic um, kind of feel, both to the fans and to the players. You know, he's 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 a very good player. He's 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 obviously of, of, uh, we know the quality that he's capable of, but at the same time, kind of his personality and the way he plays on the field. Can can really help things out a lot too, and and I I think you're right to note that he goes out the form drops, and and I I think that is something that you can definitely look at, and you know uh, correlation does not necessarily mean causation, but at the same time, we we've seen what happens, so I I actually think that's a good that's a good point to bring up. Um, again, we could kind of pick at this bone for the rest of the night and try to analyze it and figure it out, and I don't know if we're really going to get anywhere. Um, but yeah, it was a really disappointing, uh, and I, I, I'm saying into the season, there is obviously this one more game, however, it is, it does effectively end our season's hopes, um, to put it that way. Um, do you have anything else to add about the game, Drew, or anything that I'm missing, or? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, do you wanna, I guess, Edmonton game, I really have no preview for. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, I was, I, I do... I think it'll be fun, though, because, I mean, anybody in the Day Brigade should show up because it's one of those games where we shouldn't have too many really ex- expectations, you know, whatever team Edmonton fields out, you know, win or lose, it it should be fun, and it's it's themed around a good time, too, it's a pre-Halloween game, last one of the year, so uh, I know the Day Brigade tailgate and section is going to be hyped for the game, so uh, I'm going to have a good time, but... Uh, I don't. I don't have much of a preview or any kind of uh, <laughs> stats I can throw out. Yeah, and and I think it, we would be foolish to do so because we have no idea what what Edmonton's going to roll out there. You know what I mean? It's um, it's it's it, we we don't know what to anticipate. We won't know what to anticipate uh, in, until we you know find out a little bit more probably on the day of. And like you said. Honestly, the best way for us to approach this game will be the fun that we can have. And and we always have fun. The Day Brigade always knows how to have a good time. But there is always that tension of, oh, are we going to win? Or, you know, what, how, how is this going to affect our standing in the table? Well, guess what? We don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> All we have to worry about is, you know, try to get a win, end on a good note, but have a good time and really appreciate that this is going to be the last time we're going to be together like this for this team until at least March. You know, we'll certainly organize some uh, some things in the middle. Uh, but you know, we're gonna miss soccer for a while, and and Lord knows how long we were in the wilderness down here without it. And so we we should appreciate the time we have. You know, and that's kind of cliche and and weird and spiritual maybe almost. But you know, we we it's gonna be a hell of a good time, and we should enjoy it and. Forget about you know this this game this Cosmos game is in the past and now we can move on and 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 have a good time Friday night. So let's talk about Friday night. Drew mentioned some of the uh, good things. I will take the normal Omar Mubayed role here. By the way, Omar, happy birthday! Uh, happy birthday, Omar. That is why Omar is not with us today. He is celebrating his supposedly birthday, quote unquote. We'll we'll talk about some of our other theories in a second. Um, but yeah, so Friday, October twenty eighth, eight p.m. Miami FC versus FC Edmonton. Uh, it is fan appreciation night. It is the last home game and last game of the season. 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, like we said, it's Fan Appreciation Night, so there are actually two giveaways. Uh, first off, there's a Miami FC poster for the first 5,000 fans, but of course, as Drew mentioned, the one that's going to grab the headlines, the one that everyone's going to want to get is the collectible Poku bobblehead for the first 5,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, Miami FC is making a big push for a very big crowd uh, at that game. We'll see how that turns out. Um, there is a concert. Uh, post-match concert by Jay Alvarez, uh, seems to be a very big mu musician. I'm very much out of tune with popular music generally, uh, so I, I'm missing out on that. Um, the date? I, I think it's reggaeton, so I have no clue either. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, well, just based off his uh, Miami-style sunglasses and, <laughs> and slick haircut. This is true. I feel like I, if you had asked me about reggaeton 10 years ago, I might uh, be right on top of it. But uh, modern reggaeton, I feel like I might not uh, be as in tune with. Um, there have been activities this week. Uh, the team went to Versailles on Monday and served some cafecitos. Uh, Wilson Palacios and, and head coach Alessandro Nesta were there. Um, oh, and of course, Ariel Martinez, um, the, the Cuban player. That would make sense. Uh, so... There's a bunch of stuff going on. There will be trick-or-treating, wear your costumes, get some candy. Um, it's going to be a good time. And, you know, again, we're not going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, here's the, the, you know, the formation that Edmonton's going to go with, and here's, you know, I think that their goalie is blah, blah, blah. We don't know who the heck they're going to play because they might be resting for the playoffs. They might be trying to get ramped up for the playoffs. There's too much uncertainty, so let's just, again, enjoy it for the fun and, and the good time that it is. And whoever they bring out, I will guarantee I will yell at every single one of their players. Oh, you know it. That is a stone-cold lock if there ever was one. Um, so let's, you know, we've saved a little bit of time, um, considering we're not breaking into great detail the game uh, that passed or the game to come. And I think we need the time, because there is a big story to talk about, a big elephant in the room to discuss regarding our team and our team's league. Um, there has been whispers and innuendo that we've talked about on this podcast uh, over the last couple weeks, but there has not been anything official. But today, the NASL released a statement, and the teams related, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and Ottawa Fury released a statement that those two teams are leaving the NASL for the USL. Uh, USL is third division American soccer, and ASL is considered second division in the American pyramid. However, there has always been some fluidity in that pyramid, and we're seeing it now uh, regarding the, the status of the NASL and the growth that we've seen in third division. I want to read from... Bill Peter, B, B, Commissioner Bill Peterson's statement, uh, Drew, and then I'm going to kind of turn the floor over to you because as I've said before and I'll say again, you are my uh, NASL expert. So I want to hear from you regarding what you think. Um, so uh, this is again from Commissioner Peterson. As a league in North America, the NASL operates in an environment where owners are free to take their clubs wherever they choose. All we can do is acknowledge that, rea that reality and move forward with our business, which is exactly what we're doing right now. We have never had a stronger and more unified group of owners who are committed to the league's model, its structure, and its long-term vision. With a half-dozen serious expansion discussions in progress, the league looks forward to adding new owners who share in the board's vision. We have ambitious plans for growth, and we're proud that the flexibility of the NASL model remains an extremely attractive proposition 
for investors seeking to become part of an authentic competitive soccer league. While we don't want to take anything away from what is sure to be another exciting postseason, we're focused on ensuring that in 2017, the NASL is one of the most competitive soccer leagues around. A two-paragraph statement from Commissioner Bill Peterson. Uh, Drew, what do you think about that? What do you think about this story? Um, his statement, you know, he just had to say something. It, it doesn't really say much, and it's still kind of a, an NASL sales pitch. So <laughs> not not really too much is said uh, about uh, how, how the league will survive or any of that sort of strategy. Um, but nor did I expect him to say anything like that because – you know, just always kind of their their plan is to just say we're we're working on expanding and we have uh, potential investors lined up for the future. Dot 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 question mark. Um, you know, I think the, the last podcast with Lee, I said I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, and uh, here it is with two of them. Um, kind of kind of odd timing though, because there's still a game left for both teams. Yes, and to choose to do it on the same day prior to the league actually ending seems very bizarre. And if you notice um, their social media statements, uh, they de- they definitely appeared to be at least a tiny bit coordinated. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the verbiage, the timing, the word choice uh, seemed very... They, they, they each contained three different, like, mini-paragraphs uh, in the tweet. I found that very odd. It, 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 you know, again, they can, again, as Peterson said, they can choose to do what they want. So if they are kind of colluding and working together, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I did find that weird. Um, go ahead. I'm, I'll give the floor back to you. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going to say hats off to the, uh, USL, um, PR person for, for doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess the only thing that, that I can think of in, in doing this is kind of, um, to alert the fans at the last NASL game to maybe sell them on the USL or, you know, try to basically tell the casual fans that they're switching leagues and that's why it was done at this point. Yeah. But um, I think in any sport that's uh, pretty disrespectful to leave a league with one game left and uh, still play the, the final game. Um, the other the other, the other other rumors that came out were that... Um, Every team in the NASL at some point in time this year spoke to the USL outside of, well, minus Miami and New York. Um, I don't know how credible that is. Um, The one thing I I kind of thought of to discredit that report is I wouldn't make, I wouldn't see any sense in Rio OKC doing that, except then another rumor came out that um, next year they might not even play in the NASL and they were going to to move, possibly move to a different city, um, which would be horrible for the NASL. But at the same time, the, the, you know, we were losing three teams this year, um, because while well, Minnesota is going to the MLS and these two are jumping out, um, but at the same time, we've gained two teams this current season and we have the San Francisco Deltas coming in. So, um, if we can prevent another team from, you know, temporarily stopping operations or uh, jumping ship, um, it's it's not that it's not not going to be that big of a deal, you know. I mean, clearly <laughs> we're, there's 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 teams not there, but it's it's just going to be a a more intimate schedule. Hmm. Here's what I will say about all this, and it's something I've thought about the the NASL for a long time, and it's something that's been baked into the NASL model from day one. 
The idea with NASL is that it is not, even though it is identified and the league fought for this this second division classification, they have always fancied themselves as, well, we're kind of, we're, we're not really second division. We're an alternative to MLS. We're a different MLS. And I feel like this has harmed the league. Now, has it harmed Miami FC? No, because it has allowed Miami FC to grow the way it has. Has it harmed, say, you know, the New York Cosmos or, 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 or you know, maybe one or two other teams, Minnesota? No, it hasn't. It has been beneficial. But the problem is the NASL is never going to receive co-first-tier status with MLS. It's not going to happen, and that has always been the argument, that essentially NASL will grow to a level that, that USSF will basically co-designate. It's not going to happen. I mean, I can't, I don't see a pathway to it happening, especially now, you know, but it was never going to happen. So what happens, what has happened now, is that a legitimate major league has existed for 20 years, and it has never been healthier, and has never been doing better than it is right now in the MLS. And under the NASL's nose, because it has spent this time um, trying to become a a a co-first tier, uh, a legitimate minor league has grown out underneath their feet in the USL. And now, can we sit here and and talk about how there is a glut of teams in the USL and how? You know, not everyone's FC Cincinnati, and and there are you know reserve teams, and yes, yada yada yada. Sure. Here's what I know. I turned on my TV the other night and I saw the USL final on ESPNU. No. You know what I mean? Like that. To like that's at some point the mighty New York Red Bulls too. Yes, the New York Red Bulls. New, I tell you what, man, New, New York uh, is in a really good position to claim a lot of silverware in American soccer this year. Between the Red Bulls, the NYCFC, Red Bulls 2, and uh, the our, our friendly rivals, the Cosmos, uh, they're, in, they're really well positioned. Um, but yeah, so you've got, you're getting squeezed from both sides. And it's different, it would be different if the NASL were fully healthy and really, and, 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 having its pick of teams because right now you're getting teams you're literally seeing the team the league being pulled apart from both sides you're seeing the teams that do well minnesota get the call up and you're seeing teams that you know maybe see a better competitive advantage dropping down because they don't think there'll be that much of a difference what is the nasl offering that either of these leagues isn't and that's ultimately the question that we need to answer now that does this mean that the league won't be around next year no i think the league will definitely be around next year i think that the league will try to pull a uh a, a usl and maybe invite usl teams that are struggling or, or or you know maybe misfit or or some other teams uh into the league like a functioning t- uh you know a functioning team pulling them up and so they're ready to go um, uh, I don't think a nine or eight team league because you, you know you still have questions regarding is Fort Lauderdale going to be fully functional for next year? Uh, Rio OKC huge question mark. Um, you know there are all Edmonton. these questions and concerns, and I I think they are legitimate. 
However, the bigger philosophical question is, where is this league going? And Bill Peterson says, you know, we've got a vision and we've got six expansion sites. Well, those expansion sites damn well better include San Diego. They better include St. Louis, Austin. You had mentioned, I think, before our conversation that maybe, you know, Las Vegas or, or something like that. But you you got to get a move on because right now the sands are shifting beneath your feet and you're getting it from both sides. And now I'll shut up because I've talked way too long. <laughs> well, uh, my, my only hope out of this is kind of Peterson looks at the relationship of the MLS and the USL and tries to strengthen the ties to the NPSL because um, what's kind of unfortunate is that I think this year was one of the, the biggest years where we've had that, those ties with the NPSL because um, the Strikers opened their under-23 under team. Um, the Armada had the under-23 team. So there are a lot of under-23s or, you know, basically the USL B-team version to the NASL's A-team version in the in the uh, NPSL. So um, hopefully, I mean, maybe we can recruit teams out of there. Or the other option is, you know, have have them be stronger with the, the feeder teams. Um, but yeah, Peterson has just kind of always had the, the Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond hmm. mentality for this for this league. Um, the other problem is too in the past, like there there have been failed franchises like the the Virginia Cavalry, and um, I mean even even OKC was supposed to happen a couple years prior to it actually uh, uh, forming. So um, there's a lot of speculation on investor groups, yada yada yada. But at the same time, the, these clubs jumping out doesn't really uh, do them too well when you when you look at it on paper, saying <laughs> why are why did these guys jump ship, you know? Why is this team in Fort Lauderdale selling after they were just purchased a couple of years ago? Um, the other thing, just just to insult these... Uh, <laughs> just to insult Tampa and Ottawa, I have two things. Technically, since they went down to Division Three, by the dictionary terms, doesn't that mean they were relegated? So can we consider these teams relegated teams now? Although there is no pro-rail system, can we just refer to them as being relegated instead of transferring leagues? Absolutely, the relegated yeah, Tampa I, Bay Rowdies. Right? Yes. They, you know, look at the dictionary, relegated. They move down into a lesser, their Division Three. That's technically relegation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> not, not in the soccer terms, but I would just like everybody to refer to that on social media and everything, as recently relegated Tampa Bay Rowdies join USL. Um, the other thing is, I thought this would be the most amazing scenario in the world, is that all these USL teams, well, not all of them, but the majority of them have a parent uh, MLS club. Would this not be the funniest scenario ever if Tampa Bay or Ottawa became Minnesota's USL feeder team? <laughs> that would be really funny. That would be really funny. <laughs> I don't think that would ever happen, but uh, if there is some sort of soccer god smiling down on us, that would be the case, because that would be the funniest thing in the world. Uh, it's a shame that Orlando actually has an Orlando B team. I was going to say. In the, yeah, in the, in, the, in the USL, because if Tampa Bay became Orlando's B team, I think I would just cry myself to sleep in joy. Yeah, it would be... <laughs> It would be the only time where you would have a supporters uh, riot 
uh, between a feeder team and a parent team, <laughs> considering the yeah, relationship yeah. that those two franchises, those two clubs have between one another. Um, yeah, I, I... Here's the thing. We, we are in such a unique position um, in American soccer because I feel like like it's unquestionably true that American soccer has never been in a healthier, more stable more prosperous place you have literally multiple divisions where teams are flourishing uh you know however at the same time considering the position where we are in this whole thing you really feel that like you're in this very precarious position um because you know i and and i've i've kind of felt this way with nasl since 2011, since I really became aware of the league, um, but especially over the last couple of years, where it's like, what is your cause for being? And I think that's a real problem. If 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 someone asks me, hey, why does the NASL exist? And I answer, well, it acts as kind of like a, a second league. You know, like there's AAA baseball, you know, there's Major League Baseball. Okay. Now the problem is, if that person finds out about USL, then what? Well, okay, so USL is this league that is connected to MLS. Oh, so that's like the minor leagues. Okay, so then what's ML, What's NASL? Like, it, it, if it acts as this secondary weird league, it can't... It's either got to go way farther in to, like, there, it requires a much larger investment in trying to become closer to Tier 1... Or it needs to figure out something else. Because right now, you know, when you look at the USL, there are teams in, you know, let's remove the 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 ones that are like, you know, Seattle B, when they play in Seattle. Uh, you have teams in uh, Ottawa coming. Uh, you have teams in Tampa Bay. You have teams in Austin, San Antonio, St. Louis. Uh, you know, you have a team in Arizona and Phoenix. Like, those are big cities, and, you know, right now you have New York City, I'm sorry, you have New York Cosmos, and you have Miami FC, and the more the NASL gets pulled at, the the less, you you know, you know, there's a team in Jacksonville, and there's a team in Fort Lauderdale, and, and it, it lacks the, the, the cachet, and I think that's a big problem. Yeah, I, I, while well, you're saying the... The triple A, uh, the baseball uh, analogy. I, I thought of the worst one ever, which is uh, the NFL to the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's ex- rest in peace, New York, New Jersey hitmen. <laughs> yeah, here that's yeah. It's like okay, so like in football, there's like college football and then pro football, and then there was this weird XFL or like arena football. You know, like you you can't exist in that level forever because the quality of the players you have available people, you know, and luckily for NASL, I feel like NASL, especially this year, it's been pretty solid. There are actually some legitimate players in NASL, you know, on this team, on the Cosmos. You know, the Rowdies have had a pretty good roster. Um, uh, You know, the NASL is attracting, considering what it is, attracting pretty good names. But that doesn't matter if you can't connect with the fans. And at some point, and God knows we have struggled our asses off here in Miami 
trying to explain to people what this league is, you know, is it Beckham's team? No, it's not Beckham's team. Okay, so what is It's NASL. Is that connected with the MLS? No, it's not. So what is it? It's second division. But it, you know... Does it become Beckham's yeah, team? Yeah, does it become Beckham's <laughs> team? No. It's like, I, if you can't, you know, I feel like this is a bit, this is a bit basic business principle. If it takes you longer than three questions to fully answer what your business is, then there's something wrong with your business. You need to simplify because people aren't going to be able to understand it. And I think that is a problem we're seeing here with NASL. And again, does this mean that I think the league's going to fold tomorrow and there aren't going to be any teams? No, absolutely not. But I do think if I'm the commissioner or if I'm the board or if I'm in charge of the direction of whatever this is going to become, I need to come up with a cohesive statement of what this league actually is going to be and an ex- a, a logical, reasonable explanation for how it's going to work. And like one of the one of the things that I think they did really well this year was the the TV broadcasting because um, a year ago you know basically there was just either your team had a local broadcast affiliate or there was ESPN three but then on ESPN three they only had ESPN three game of the week or there was one or two games on right where this year every game. For the team you want to watch, home or away, you have some sort of accessible way to watch it, whether it be through BN or CBS Sports. So I, I think that definitely helps because then at least, you know, in, in what you were saying with trying to explain the league is you can say, oh, you know, if you want to watch a game, you can go to watch, you know, this game is going to be on BN or it's on CBS Sports as opposed to, well, if you want to watch the league, uh, you can download the Watch ESPN3 mm-hmm. app and hope that the team you're watching is one of the two selected for the weekly special game, you know? Right. So th- there have been there have been good moves to, to make the league, uh, you know, more legit, uh, make, it, make it more professional this year. Um, just a, a random thing I'm going to throw out there. I don't, I don't know if I've brought it up here before or not, um, but they're the, with Detroit City FC, who is in the NPSL, I think Peterson needs to go after them offer them some sort of stupid discount, get the other the other owners on board to say, you know, this is one of the big cities in American soccer and offer them a deal kind of kind of like the Puerto Rico and how the Cosmos came into the league where they come in in the second half of the year next year in the split season because uh you know, if if we can get right now there's nothing scheduled and I know it's hard to throw a team together, but if you can get a pre-existing team from the NPSL moved up to play, start playing in the second half of the season. I think that would be a huge deal to 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 make it look more legit and get more teams into the league. Um, and a team like Detroit, you know, that's a, that's another group who's already kind of had the um, I'm going to say Peterson mentality, where their fans are hipsters, man. Yes, they don't they don't want to go MLS. They they like kind of the NPSL mentality. But if they can get the NASL, that'd be better. I think one of the main issues, too, is uh, going back to the whole claiming first division status is part of the thing with getting first division status is there's a requirement on stadium capacity. So that's one of the reasons that Miami, you know, the team, the league really seemed to like the idea because we were going into like a 26, 30,000 seat stadium at FIU. Um, I think they need... I forget the exact numbers, but it's X amount of stadiums with a 15-plus capacity where 
a lot of the teams didn't have it. Like the the Rowdy Stadium, only Al Lang only sits seven thousand or something like that. And uh, one of those problems is Detroit. Uh, uh, ooh, I forget their stadium name. Keyworth. I was gonna say, Ken, yeah, Keyworth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I think it's a very small capacity there too. But you know, maybe that's going to be one of the things that the league needs to league needs to look at is kind of stop going while they're in this rebuilding period is stop going after the ambitious uh, golden division one ticket and kind of uh, accept some of the uh, smaller smaller sales pitches as long as they can be pulled off. But see, here's my whole thing with this idea of like first division with with it's never it's never going to happen. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> it's never, right, right. Ever. But I, but I feel like in their mind, this is like a thing that they think it can happen. And let's say it does happen one day, I don't think anybody's gonna care. You're just gonna have the yes. people who like NASL for what it is. Yes. You know, yep. and maybe maybe you'll get a New York Times article or two, maybe a bit more viewership. But it's not like a ton of MLS fans are just gonna abandon their local city to go watch. A different local city. It's yeah. You know, it's, it's not. It's like well, I'm an Orlando fan and I live in Atlanta, but uh, the Jacksonville Armada are also Division One, so I'm yeah. That I'm a Jacksonville fan now. That's the thing know? is like, if you understand the history of soccer in America, especially over the last 25 years, considering the time, the resources, the effort that the United States Soccer Federation put in to launching and maintaining Major League Soccer over its infancy when it basically was near teetering near the edge of death when half the teams were owned by three guys there's no way in hell they're going to just say oh yeah you guys are first division too cool and and like you said even if they did who would care who would care no one's going to care it's not you you're not competition. It's, it's gonna bring up. It's gonna bring up the same questions as we were saying. Uh, the the comparison of our team with Beckham. You're gonna say, oh, it's it's first division soccer, and then for yes. however many years, people are gonna go, oh, MLS, and you're gonna have to say, no, NASL, and then then it's gonna get in that whole the the, the three question thing you were yes. saying. What do you mean? Like literally, the <laughs> you have two division ones. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like no right, no business in their right mind would put themselves in that situation. Where they're like, okay, we're going to make our lives a lot more complicated for no good reason. When we kind of have everything we need running right here. Like, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. And and I feel like this is a, a serious problem for the league going forward if they are committed to this. I think, like you said, adding a team like Detroit City that has real cachet among like people who know soccer in America, like the, what that team has been able to do, I think that would be a tremendous move. I think that would be outstanding. Uh, the, the question is, does the NASL look at a Detroit like an opportunity or a burden? Does it look like, ooh, look at that team, look at what they've done, or, oh, look at that team, it's like oh, propelled by their fans and we're going to have to do more work for this and that. It's like, let your fans lift you up. Instead of being afraid of your fans dragging you down, you know what I mean. And I just, I don't know. This this whole thing has frustrated me over the last couple because it seems like, and again, knowing the NASL, it's constantly one step behind. It's constantly one step behind of where it should be. 
There should be yeah, one man. season where we know exactly the teams who are coming in, and they're all playing from the first game of the spring season to the last game of the fall season. And you don't have, okay, well, we're going to throw Puerto Rico in there in, in June. And, you know, we're going to, like, it's a ridiculous way to run a league. It's absurd. And and it gets, it, people, you know, it cheapens your brand to... Part, part of the thing with the, the Puerto Rico, though, is is that's how the Cosmos were thrown into the league, and then they won the league and became the, the league's uh, gold star up on the uh, attendance board. So, uh, well, not attendance board. I mean the little school board. Right. About Cosmos gold stars. So I think I think after that, they, they kind of thought they would repeat kind of the magic there. And, um, I'm not a fan of it, but when the league is losing teams and struggling... Get them in there when you can. Oh no! I look I, I, today where we are right now. But yeah, it looks unprofessional. As well. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, like now you 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 beggars can't be choosers. You got to get teams in whenever you want. Hey, you want to start in the middle of the spring season and we'll throw you five points and we'll just send you on your way. Sure, why not? Let's get you in. But it looks absurd and it cheapens. It makes the and when the Cosmos came in mid season one year and then won the league, it makes the whole league look like a joke. And and again, you're so concerned about this this certification or this classification. Worry about your product. Worry about making a cohesive league of teams. You know, like it's it's that's kind of the the commissioner's number one job is make sure there's a league and make sure people have consistent expectations with this league. And and it's 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 never there. Every year, and Lord knows, you know, we were guilty of it too, I guess, last year being an expansion team, but at least we got things up and running for March, and we started the season, and we played the season, and, you know, we didn't have to worry about, you know, the turf being repossessed midway through, or whatever the hell other nonsense happens in the NASL, and, you know, some of it can be charming, but on a repeated basis, it begins to, it, it, it not only looks bad for the league, it looks bad for American soccer in general. American soccer should be beyond this kind of nonsense. Yeah, and that's part of the thing because, like, half half these news articles that come out involving uh, American soccer or the uh, NASL are always kind of goofball ones, like the the turf being <laughs> taken and stuff like that, or uh, the old uh, Walter or being uh, yeah, Walter Estrepo a... being traded for, for room and board. Uh, shouts out to Pedro Heiser who leaked that or revealed that article. But yeah, it's always some, it's always something wacky. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's why something like the the Jaime Chavez goal this year was was great for us because it, it got so much press on so many levels and it was something positive. So that that's something good for the league. Um, one more kind of speculation or rumor I'll I'll take a stab at and then we can kind of wrap up this. NASL malarkey is. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of stuff online about the uh, the Philadelphia Fury coming into the league, but um, they're so they're they're actually somebody has the rights to the the Philadelphia Fury. Um, I believe it. The league is the ASL, which is the American Soccer League, which is primarily in like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Yes, but um, one one of the issues with that is the. The team is owned by, I think, the league's president. So I, I don't. So everybody's claiming, you know, ah, it'd be super cute if the the 
they came back with that name into the NASL with one of the classic NASL yeah. names. But I, I don't see that happening because then that's the guy running the league. That's like, you know, that's like if the league owned the Cosmos and, you know, shipped the Cosmos off elsewhere. So I, I don't see that one happening. But I've been seeing that online, like, all day today was of, of speculation of teams that we can get to join the NASL. But, I, I mean, I think some a move like that would just basically fold their entire league to get a team into the NASL, right. and I don't see that happening whatsoever. Yeah, why? To what end would that happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, there's a lot to digest here, I think, regarding this, and it's something we're going to be talking about a lot um, over the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, but It'll probably give us some good uh, off-season podcast material. Absolutely, absolutely, to see how this all shakes out, because like I said... The, this uh, this is not necessarily the end, uh, you know. There there have been uh, whispers and discussions uh, about some other teams in the league regarding their their feasibility going forward. So who knows, man? Uh, you know, I just I look at the USL now, and you know, when people say, "Well, yeah, it's second division soccer; it's not going to be stable." Well, the USL is pretty stable, you know, like it, it's going pretty okay. And again, you know, Seattle Sanders 2, are they drawing 10,000 or 8,000 to a game? Of course not, no. And so the NASL does have an advantage in that way that the attendance, for the most part, is superior. And the league has done a good job with that. But, you know, it, it's it's really disheartening to not know who the hell you're going to play on a year-to-year basis. You know, the fact that the Rowdies and the Strikers are potentially not going to play each other next year competitively to me that's oh god this is going to make for some great open cup games though oh for sure but you know like <laughs> it, like it'll be fantastic but it's a shame that this is where we're at now so uh, yeah let's move on let's uh let's uh drift away from this point of conversation um i'll, I'll do some omaring for a minute so if you haven't uh, turned off this podcast yet and discussed and you've made it this far, um, make sure you follow Dade Brigade on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, whatever other social media things there are. Um, we are coming out with a, a uh, package with the team for next year's season tickets. I'm not sure if I can officially say it yet now, but it will be very similar to last year's uh, $100 season ticket package. Um, I encourage everybody to purchase it. Um, as a supporters group, I feel like uh, everybody should have a, a season ticket in the supporters group. Um, it comes down to when when the team looks at you guys, they can say, hey, there's 50 people there every game. Um, but when they look at our season ticket sales, let's have 50 people in the stands and 50 people with season tickets. Or 100 people. <laughs> but... Um, Make sure you get season tickets for next year. They're offering us really great deals. I think it's a great thing. Show up to the last game. Get the damn Poku bobblehead. Did, did you see the picture of it, Matt? I did. It looks pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. Um, without trying to sound too bad, I'm going to say it. It's, it's hard to make a Poku bobblehead. And they came close. Yes, I think... Uh... But... I will cherish it. Yes, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm, I think we're all pretty darn excited. And yeah, I, I want to echo what you say, and I'm going to say this understanding 
that a hundred bucks or a hundred and fifty bucks or two hundred bucks is a lot of money to drop. It, I get it, and and I understand that. And you know, if if this team had, but for season tickets, sure. But you know, if you, if this team had come onto the scene maybe two years ago, I don't know if I would have been as comfortable dropping a hundred bucks. I didn't know if I if I necessarily would have a hundred bucks just kicking around, like you know, just to spend on sporting event tickets. So I do want to say this, you know. There are good and understandable reasons for why you may not be able to. However, if you are really committed to this team, and you're committed to the idea of soccer in Miami and in Miami-Dade County, and you can't afford it in any way, it is something you should do. doesn't mean you need to necessarily, you know, buy four for your family or buy two or whatever, but at least buy one. You know what I mean? Have a voice. Be part of the growth and the expansion of what we're talking about. You know, we all want bigger and better things for soccer in our community, and the only way that happens is if we get engaged. And, you know, we've talked about that through the Day Brigade in terms of, you know, our engagement with things like TFOs and community uh, engagement and things like that. But really the biggest, the, the first step you can take is literally voting your your, your vote of support uh, for the team by by making sure you are have the opportunity to be there and they know they can count on you, uh, both financially and in terms of your presence. And, you know, when you work it out, it, financially, it winds up being, you know, a pretty darn good deal, too. If you know you're going to be going to six or seven or eight games, it's just more economical to get it out of the way, you know. So pinch your pennies, get your finances in order, and, and, and you know, we tell you a lot to, you know, get a Dave Brigade membership and all this stuff. and. We'll be happy to have you join there too, but you know, it, it, it is worth it not only for your entertainment value, but for the health of soccer in our community. And now I will step off my soapbox. And um, so, uh, moving away from NASL, go ahead, Drew. Get your money right. Yes, get your money right. You got time. You got yes. time. Get your money. That's right. a, that's a good way to be. You know, we have a lot of time between the start between now and the start of next season. So do 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 uh, do get your stuff in order. Um, I think the last thing we want to discuss. Um, oh yeah. Before Omar Mumbaiad, where you yes, at? Yes. Let, let's get him on the phone. Uh, taking a look at the the English Premier League standings, um, it's pretty crowded at the top. Drew, how how's it feel up here? Oh man, I. I... I think I have a nosebleed. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I've been a little lightheaded all uh, all week. Uh, so, uh, looking at the top of the Barclays Premier League table, you have a three-way tie at the top. Manchester City ahead on goal differential, you know, good for them, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, second and third, Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, you know, I was really hopeful for a 2-0 win uh, over the weekend so that we could edge ahead of you guys on the Saturday table, but I'll take it, tied 20 points. Advancing in the League Cup today, uh, not too bad out of the the men in red from Merseyside. How, how are you looking at your Arsenal squad? They're looking pretty good. They seem to have rounded into shape. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, our our Champions League game, we we won six nothing. We had the Ozil hat trick, uh, outshined Messi. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, the, this weekend's game was a little bit of fatigue from that. But um, then also today we played the. Uh, Ooh, I don't even know what they're calling it now. Not the Capital One Cup. It is the English so. League Cup. It's a much better name. Yeah. Now. Yeah, the the thing that nobody cares about. Hey, it matters um, to me, okay? Yeah, it's a nice little disc to throw in the case. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know, here's where the the schedule is getting getting kind of crazy. But uh, Arsenal, you know, purchased some reinforcements on the off season. You know, Perez came in this weekend. Um, it's good to be on top. But then again, Arsenal is for the past couple of years has ridden top, and then Christmas comes and we fall a little. Uh, but all I'm gonna say is Saint Tottenham's Day always comes, so <laughs> may not be first, but we're we're ahead of time. By the way, you're welcome <laughs> uh, for knocking Tottenham out today. Um, we took, took some joy in that. Um, uh, yeah, you know, the English League Cup, uh, Liverpool are the record holders, eight-time champions of the competition, so I do take it very seriously. To me, it is the equal of the Champions League, in my eye. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, a, a, a tournament's a tournament. You go in to win, and, you know, might as well take the whole damn thing. So, on to the quarterfinals, uh, very exciting, and, you know... We've taken this time to kind of just review because it has taken so long for me to get down farther to towards that part of the table. Seventh place, Manchester United with 14 points after an absolute hammering at the hands of Chelsea. Uh, oh, now, boy. Drew, I can imagine you never love Chelsea to have too much success being the crosstown rival, but uh, that was one hell of a game. Oh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> I think we all can rally around that seeing... Uh, look, here's the thing. I'm a Liverpool fan. I hate Manchester United. This is well established. However, I have hated Jose Mourinho uh, about as long and as about as passionately. I dislike him. I dislike what he stands for. I dislike his attitude, pretty much everything about him. And so when he became the manager of that team, it was kind of everything I hated in this game of soccer or football. Um, all in one place. So when bad things happen, good things happen for me. When bad things happen for them, good things happen for me. And to see that over the weekend, just his his petulance and his his sour puss, just all on display. Uh, it was wonderful. And you know, Omar, we we joke with Omar, and Omar is uh, uh, a loud and boisterous supporter and has every right to be. And they've had plenty of success over the years. Uh, but yeah, there's there's nothing about me. I, I like to think of myself as, as very um. You know, courteous and friendly to my friends, but man, if if Manchester United goes out to Stamford Bridge and lays a four nothing, uh, you know, turd in the middle of the field, I'm gonna enjoy it. There's that's all there is to it. Yeah, that that was my uh, only sort. Well, I mean, Arsenal didn't win, but that was on, my only sort of joy over the weekend after uh, getting the four zero turd laid on us, <laughs> uh, Miami. I guess so. <laughs> You know, it's funny. <laughs> so uh, Omar went uh, zero zero goals against eight in the hole this wow, weekend. Wow, that's a that's a uh, minus eight goal differential in two games. That's that's a not yeah. good. That'll get you relegated yeah, yeah. real quick. <laughs> That'll get you in the USL so yeah. fast. I but I think this is like the second or third podcast Omar's missed after a big uh, man you lost. So um, I'm I'm gonna call Omar out and I'm gonna need to see his ID. At the tailgate to verify that it is in fact his birthday today. Yeah, we need we need I, proof of life. We need proof of life. Yeah, <laughs> I think nobody cares about birthdays anymore, and they just wait for Facebook to tell them. So Omar, you know, on on over the weekend went on, you know, switched switched his birthday on Facebook and everything, <laughs> social media to trick us all as an elaborate excuse to get out of the podcast. I hit. because he already he already used marriage. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, Drew, I very much agree with, uh, uh, what you're saying here. I think we are all victims of an elaborate ruse. Um, but yeah, so that's the standings of the Premier League as we are right now. 
Uh, Chelsea's in the fourth spot, followed by Tottenham, Everton, and then Manchester United in seventh. Uh, with the La Liga roundup, Barcelona won, Real Madrid won, and Barcelona is not in second. They're in third. Sevilla is in second, disrupting La Liga a bit. Uh, so, you know, maybe that joke won't hold up much longer if Barcelona doesn't pick up the pace. Um, but so La Liga is very interesting. I know we have a lot of listeners who are, are La Liga fans. Um, I th- Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. We're, that's just kind of not where we're at. Um, you know, I, 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 I think I prefer Barcelona to Real. Uh, I'm a big Luis Suarez fan. So, you know, Oof. that's I know. Whatever. Get over it. He bit a couple people. It happens. That's life. Uh, so, um, so did Marv Albert. <laughs> yeah. And Marv Albert's fantastic. You know what I mean? He still has a he's, job. He still he's has a still, job. still like in the center. He's going to be calling a uh, opening night. Uh, you know, <laughs> he actually probably is doing it right now. The, the, the Cavaliers game is going on. Um, yeah. so I, I actually found out there is no, uh, it's, it's not called the Spanish ping pong federation. So there is no SPF, <laughs> um, to report on. It's actually the Spanish Table Tennis Federation, uh, which I'm very upset, so um, I might start a White House petition. Uh, so if all of our followers, uh, I might tweet it out later, we can we can change their, their uh, federation name to SPF. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely something, you know, time's getting short. You know, uh, uh, old number 44, Barack Obama, he's got about what, two and a half months left, so you, you, you yeah, might as yeah. well get while the getting's good. Um, so yeah, change.org, get it up. Um, any other business to attend to, uh, Drew? I can't think of anything. Uh, no, I don't think so. Going once, going twice, I think that'll do it. Um, heck of a show, pal. Thank you as always. Uh, we'll be back next week with the, uh, the big season wrap-up, I think, uh, with Omar, and we'll see if we can get some special guests in here, too. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh... Let's uh let's wrap this one up. Thanks for as always for uh being here, Drew, and we'll talk next week. Thank you, sir. Dale Miami FC. Dale Miami FC <laughs> por siempre. Uh so uh yeah, he's Drew Hausman. You can find him on Twitter at it's Hausman L O L. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Magic City Soccer. Uh and you can find me on Twitter at Matthew S. Bunch. Uh, I am Matthew S. Bunch. As always, thank you so much for listening in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you next week with the big uh, year roundup. Uh, And until then, uh, go Miami FC and go Miami Oh, Hold on, let me try that one more time. Good Lord. Go Miami (laughs) FC and go Miami soccer. So long, everyone.